welcome to another episode of The Extras. I'm Candy, and today I am joined by my lovely husband, Lachlan. <laughs> that was you realize I was introducing myself there? Hello. Yeah. We generally say our own name. Okay. I don't right. really know Good how the know. tradition started, but that's what we do. Um, so, Lachlan, you preach on the Sunday just then. What passage did you preach on, and what was the main point of your sermon? Yeah, we were launching Advent, and so we started off in Luke chapter 2, where we find Simeon in the temple, and Simeon's waiting for the consolation of Israel. And so that throws us back into Old Testament times. What is this consolation? What is this comfort that Israel's waiting for? Uh, and we reflected a little bit on how at this time, and for hundreds of years, faithful Israelites had been waiting for justice to come. Are living in a nation where their own kings were being unjust, filling the land with bloodshed, Isaiah chapter 1, uh, taking bribes, things like that. They were acting in unjust ways, and that was not the way things should be for God's people. Uh, and then they'd been overtaken by a foreign power. And so they're sitting there, some in Israel, waiting for justice to come. And we're just reflecting that that's not too different from where we sit now. We were in a world full of injustice, full of leaders that love to take bribes, yeah. uh, full of leaders that love to use people for their own ends, and we were waiting and longing for something different. Uh, and when Jesus was born into the world, he brought that something different. Here is a leader who fulfills that hope of Isaiah chapter 42, someone who will rule with justice, someone who will be gentle, someone who will... Uh, take people to be his reward, not kind of a means to some other reward, but they will be his reward themselves. And so hopefully, my hope and prayer was that we saw a lovely picture of Jesus and fell in love with him as the just and gentle king uh, who has come and who is coming. Mm. So that this Christmas we keep longing. We don't kind of sit back and go, how good's Christmas? This is the best the world can be. Yeah. It's not the best the world can be. There's so much more. Uh, and so we want to look forward to Jesus coming back when he'll bring that perfect justice to the world. And I think thinking about Advent in general, um, our church, we've just started the series on the past Sunday on Advent. And Advent means coming. Mm. And this is where we look back on Jesus's first coming and we look forward to his second coming. Mm. And a part of understanding and remembering what his coming has meant for us, which mm. is justice. Mm. Um and so you preach on Isaiah 42, um, and Sam had preached on a very similar idea about Jesus bringing justice, but on Isaiah 11. Um, now this particular question, we've only got one question this week, so I suspect it's going to be a shorter episode. Keep your questions coming. Um, if you've got questions from the passage or from the sermon, how to apply it to your life, uh, send them through the text line and we'll answer them from the extras. So this is... A question on Isaiah 11 and it says what is the role of the Spirit from Isaiah 11 so let me just read out Isaiah 11 verses 2 and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord so spirit is mentioned many times okay so four times in this one verse what is the role of the Spirit in Isaiah 11 yeah, it's a good question. I love this passage and it's connected to Isaiah 42 as well because in Isaiah 42, the servant of the Lord will be filled with the Spirit as well. Mm. Uh, and I think in both passages, it's the same Spirit. 
Uh, I think in both passages, it's the same character. I think this promised king of Isaiah 11 is the servant of Isaiah 42. Uh, and I think the purpose of the Spirit is the same in both. So it's a little bit clearer in verse 42, in chapter 42, where the Spirit will rest on this servant so that he will bring justice to the nations. That's his task. And the Spirit of God enables him to fulfill that task. Now, what's the connection with Isaiah 11? Well, if we read on from verse 2, verse 3 starts to talk about that justice and that judgment. So it says, His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see and decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he will judge the poor. And so I think the spirit, particularly in Isaiah 11, this spirit of wisdom and understanding and knowledge, the spirit of God gives the Messiah, gives Jesus, gives the king, the judge, gives him the wisdom to actually bring justice. So is this spirit not their own spirit, but a spirit from God that enables them to bring justice? Yeah, well, in Isaiah 11 verse 2, that's what it is. It's the spirit of the Lord. It's Yahweh's spirit. And, and so, uh, actually, if we go further on in Isaiah uh, to chapter 40, you get this great description of God that I think gives you a context to understand this. So, Isaiah 40 verse 12, um, brilliant rhetorical question. Who has measured the spirit of the Lord? Mm. That's a weird question. What, yeah. what does it mean to measure a spirit? Yeah, but how I, do you do that? Do you put it in, I think, like, it's like a Pyrex measuring cup. <laughs> you put some spirit in it and you measure it. How does that even work? I think that's where language has shifted. And so there's an idiom, there's an expression there that we don't quite understand about measuring yeah. a spirit. But the verse, I think, goes on to tell us what the force of that is. Who's measured the spirit of the Lord? What man shows him his counsel? Yeah. Whom did he consult? Who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Now, to hear all the overlapping language with Isaiah 11, in Isaiah 11, this spirit of Yahweh was going to give the king wisdom and understanding and knowledge. Yeah. And now in Isaiah 40, God's spirit is spoken of as that which is his understanding, his wisdom, his knowledge that enables him to rule the world with justice. So there's a little complex of ideas that we might not so, think of straight so, away when we think of spirit. So... Spirit is tied to understanding and wisdom. So yes. if someone's saying, who has measured the spirit of the Lord, you know, so as to be able to give him counsel. Mm. Well, it means if you did understand the spirit of the Lord, you could give him counsel, but we can't. And so I guess it's like his spirit is big, is, is very vast. And, it, and that's a link to his understanding and his wisdom. Is yeah, that right? I, I suspect the measurement language... Uh, we, you might possibly be over-reading a little bit yeah, there. it could be hyperbole, it, to it, say. I think it's just an expression. That we translate it as measure. You might translate it as weighing as well. Uh, I think it's an expression of you're looking at the world and you're judging the way that God's acting in the world. And so yeah. in that way, you're measuring his spirit. You're weighing his spirit. Yeah. You're going, God, I can't believe you'd be so foolish as to act in this way. Yeah. And as I was responding, going, no, no, you didn't teach God understanding. He's the wisest being. He is wisdom. And so measuring of the spirit is kind of that uh, evaluation of his actions and the evaluation of his wisdom. Yeah. So we might not straight away think of wisdom when we think of spirit, 
But I think in the Bible, that's one of the key connections of the idea. To talk about someone's spirit is to talk about the place of their wisdom and understanding from which they make decisions and act in the world. So you're saying that's not just applicable for God's spirit, but for our spirit as well? Yeah, 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 definitely. And you see that in other passages in the Bible. So, um, uh, well, let me think of a couple of examples. There are a few that I could point to. I can think of in the New Testament where it says, who has understand a person's thought except for their own spirit? Yeah, yeah, that's in 1 Corinthians 2. Yeah. Uh, I didn't jot down that one before, but I think... I think... I think all the other ones that do relate spirit to wisdom come via kind of the spirit of God. So you think of Joseph in Genesis, Pharaoh recognizes that he has a divine spirit in him and that's a spirit for wisdom and understanding that enables him to interpret dreams or the uh, craftsmen in Exodus. They have a divine spirit of wisdom and understanding and knowledge that makes them good craftsmen. Mm. Uh, now in both of those cases it's connected to God but there are other passages I just haven't jotted them down that will talk about the human spirit and the human wisdom and the human understanding and our yeah lots of connections there Proverbs will refer to the spirit in some ways like that Uh, the Psalms as well yeah I can think of in Romans when it says God's spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God I mean, I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily tied to wisdom there. But no, it's, I think that's a different. It's a conviction sense of things. Um, I wonder. Like, my question is, because when you talk about the craftsman and Joseph, that's God's spirit mm-hmm. in them. Mm-hmm. But then my question is, how does that interact with our spirit? So, like. It sounds like it's not like an override, you know, when you like drive a car on those fantasy movies and then you've got like, you know, the autopilot and that somehow there's like, you like, can, can that override it? And then, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it probably doesn't work like that because Joseph is definitely in his own mind as he goes about making decisions and things like that. Um, like he doesn't lose his mind and gets overridden. Um, no, but, no. Yeah. Uh, look, that's a very, very tricky question, and I don't have an answer that I'm fully convicted of on that. Yeah, I except to that. say that I think, as you trace, if we just narrow it down to the wisdom theme and the wisdom connection with spirit, uh, the craftsmen in Exodus, it's not that they had no skill before God commissioned them to construct the temple. They had been trained as craftsmen. They developed this skill. They developed this understanding. It just reached a point where people recognized, hey, this is more than a human thing. This is a God-given thing. This is something that we have to call divine. And God himself called it divine so that they could be set apart. So at least in some cases, human development of that wisdom and knowledge comes alongside a divine endowment of that. Okay. But in Isaiah 11, I think very clearly... The focus is on the divine endowment. Yeah. To go, this is not a human ruler just trying to bring about human justice. This is uh, divine wisdom that is given so that true and perfect justice can be achieved. Does that make sense? Yes. So it gives us a great hope in a world full of injustice, a world of dodgy leaders. Here is someone who will actually have what it takes to bring perfect justice. And that's the function of the spirit. The role of the Spirit in Isaiah 11. Wonderful. 
Uh, so we hope you have enjoyed this episode of The Extras. We've only got one question, so it's going to be a short episode this week. And we've also wandered a little bit into thinking about how does God's spirit interact with human spirit. Don't think we necessarily landed on an answer there, but we definitely see that there is a distinguishing between the two in um, the Bible. But then at the same time, we see that even human spirit is connected to human wisdom as well. Um, who's known the mind of someone except for their own spirit. So can we um, talk a little bit about what's coming up this coming Sunday? So what passage are we going to be looking at? I'll be in Zephaniah. There's a prophet that you might not have read too recently. Great little prophet. Zephaniah chapter 3. And we'll be looking at what it means for Jesus to come and purify his people. So read ahead and um, you can come with your questions on the Sunday through the text line. We we'll hope the sermon will be helpful in answering them. But if you have any outstanding questions, send them through the extras and we'll get to them next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.